gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about Chapter 6 of Goblet of Fire, Bagman and Crouch. Harry and Hermione and the Weasleys uh, arrive at the site of the Quidditch World Cup. It is a remote moor that is full of witching tents and one very suspicious muggle who owns the land everyone is camping on. The Weasleys set up a witch tent and Harry marveled at the fact that other witches and magical schools in the world exist. <laughs> LOL. Uh, we meet Ludo Bagman, a party guy who peaked in his youth and is now somehow in charge of a whole ass ministry department. And Barty Crouch, a stern, uptight dude from the Department of Magical Cooperation. We get some foreshadowing about the Triwizard Tournament, Bertha Jones' continued missing person act, and all kinds of funny World Cup merch. Yeah. All right. Before I tell you the headlines, I just want to remind everyone that on July 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, we will be doing a live watch on our Patreon Discord with all of our patrons of Warriors of Virtue, which is a movie that I have very good memories of from my childhood, but that everything on the internet assures me is terrible. And it's gonna be super fun. So patrons, make sure your make sure your Discord is aligned with our Patreon and whatever technology magic you need to do. And if you want to do that with us, join our Patreon, even if you just want to join for the month and then leave again, that's fine. Um, that's that. So here go <laughs> today's headlines. Undercover journalists report that there was absolutely no reason for there to be muggles here aside from plot. Yep, you are very correct. <laughs> I'm here to provide the hard-hitting journalism. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, we turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. All right, so first thing, which I realize I should have looked up, but um, I don't remember if we get the name of the dude who owns the muggle who owns this campsite, this land. We sure do. Um, Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts is like, yeah, 10 minutes ago, some weirdos tried to give me some gold coins the size of hubcaps. And hubcaps must be something different in the UK than it means here. Because I'm like, I know the the money isn't the size of a light car hubcap. I think that he is exaggerating. Fair. I think he's doing the size equivalent of us being like 700 years ago when we started this podcast. That's true. That would make sense. I mean, I feel like really if you live in the 90s and anyone tried to give you some gold coins, you'd be like, what the fuck? Is this? <laughs> Are <laughs> you guys true. weird libertarians? What is happening? 
<laughs> All right. Um, I just think that these fucking magic tents sound so rad. I know. I'm like, where can I get one of these magic tents? Yeah. Not even just like the Weasley's ones, which sounds great, but like the ones that Harry is describing as being like so obviously magical with like peacocks out front and like three stories and listeners, Jesse and I are both avowed glampers, glampers. Yeah. Yes. You know, I don't see any reason to like go on vacation and be intentionally uncomfortable. And therefore I bring all of the comfortable things when I go camping I just got back from camping and I was like, well, I thought I was going over the top, but like these tents make me be like, I should never go camping again. (laughs) I could never, I could never have the level of comfort that I actually aspire to have, (laughs) given that I'm not actually this kind of witch. Actually, do you want to know what this kind of reminds me of? Mm -hmm. Um, So like a couple weeks ago, I went to the, there's a, one of the gay campground slash RV parks in Michigan. And there were people who clearly had like uh, like RVs or campers that just didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And people definitely had fountains and like gardens and like outdoor bars and like beautiful canopies. And I'm like, this is exactly what <laughs> I, this is exactly what I was like. Wow, this is how I upgrade my life. <laughs> Having a camper That's like and then so tacky and so wonderful, and I want it so badly i just want that so much <sighs> um it's your turn sort of to my last point i just feel like and part of this because that this tent scene reminded me of going to the gay campground but author's comment that we can't resist showing off when we're together is very much like queer is <laughs> a very yeah, queer so movie because <laughs> i'm like and part of it is that, like, I've definitely been to campgrounds and RV parks with, like, people who are, like, mostly heterosexual families have, like, RVs. And it's very boring. It's very typical. And I'm just, like, going to a gay campground. I'm like, yeah, of course. A bunch of people have, like, handmade signs and, like, fairy lights everywhere. And I'm just like, yeah, this is just what queer people do. Yeah. It's like queer people are just so extra, especially when we're getting together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So continuing the the camping. When has Arthur ever seen a muggle camping? Maybe at work. If I mean, there could be all kinds of weird situations he finds himself. Not like weird, but muggle interactions that he's having if he has to show up and be like, who put a weird cursed or magical item? And, you know, the muggles are like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Okay. Cause so when you when I when I read him saying muggles camp on on fires when the, or they cook on fires when they're camping I've seen them at it I imagine this being something that he's like seen on TV you know mm-hmm. in the way that I would be like birds of paradise mate by doing these wild dances I've seen them because like I watched Planet Earth one time that's just kidding I've watched that like seventy times but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he doesn't watch TV. He doesn't have access to anything like that, which means he would have had to see it in person, which I just find, yeah, so confusing. But I guess you're right. It has to be a... Or maybe there's like, there. maybe there are also weird witching books that are about like muggle culture or like whatever that author is like picking up. I'm kind of imagining the like 
Richard Scary or something for like kids or it's like and here are some muggles camping and they're like around a campfire and they're like roasting some marshmallows or cooking some stuff over the fire and he's like that's what muggles do yeah 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 you're right because he totally took muggle studies as many years as he was able to take muggle studies so he probably did read some books about how muggles go camping and like maybe still has some books but they're all written by witches so they're all varying degrees of wally and accurate (laughs) right yeah that seems that seems right i think it's your turn uh still about these tents (laughs) i think we talked about this last episode but when harry describes the tent castle with the peacocks out front do we think that's the malfoy's tent (gasps) oh my goodness i can't believe i didn't (laughs) think of that I think so now, yes. Although, aren't there peacocks albino? Yeah. These peacocks are not described that way, which seems like something you you would include. That's true. That is very true. Just some other incredibly extra rich person who has tethered peacocks outside yeah. of their tent. <laughs> <sighs> I, all I know is that I want to meet the people who have that tent. Yeah, they're probably gay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Yes. Actually, so I was going to move on from camping related things. So if you have any more, we should do those first. Yeah, I have uh, one more camping tent related thing, which is all right. So clearly, uh, the Weasley's author has borrowed some witching tents. Still, why the fuck is only Harry and Hermione helping to actually put up the tent? Because everyone else is literally useless. <laughs> They're like, put a peg on a little post. Like, I can't do it. I don't know how. I just know how to wave a wand at it. And I mean, granted, I've definitely put up some hard to put up tents. But like... Yeah. It's. I was just like reading it. I'm like, but wait, why? <laughs> What's happening? I'm like, like, it's, like Ron and Weasley and the twins are just like standing around watching this. <laughs> it's so I know. rude. It is, and it also makes you think about the like kind of um, creative problem solving uh, brain development that all of the kids who grow up in the witching world are not getting because. They never have to figure out doing hands-on things like that, which is wild because I'm pretty sure that's like really good for your brain. Well, actually, correction. I do imagine that the twins could help. They're just not. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Ron and Ginny, I don't know what their excuse is. Because so, Ginny mm-hmm. is normally very competent, I feel. That's true. That's true. I wonder if they just are annoyed that their dad is making them do it this way and so they're like we're not even gonna help or something possibly um ron this is our first introduction of how just ron's massive crush on victor crumb it's so intense i love it so much yeah me too (laughs) which actually also kind of makes me think it's like do him and Hermione share a similar taste in dudes. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Because obviously in this case, yes, they do. Right. Although they both seem to be interested in Crumb, not for his looks, 
but for his abilities, but I think for very different abilities. Yeah. Because I don't think Hermione particularly cares about how good he is at Quidditch. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ron particularly cares about how interested he is in learning things. Yeah. Also fair. But I hope that they share taste in men and that when, if we have to read them as being together post canon, that they have like the kind of healthy relationship where they can check out guys together. Yeah. I, in my brain, I feel like that happens at some point when they, when their kids are still in school, but then once their kids are like off doing their own thing, they're like, the fuck else are we going to (laughs) do? (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're talking like actually pursuing relationships as opposed to just like, that guy's hot. Yeah, he is. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, if witches, let's be 150, like, and if, you know, folks are interested in maybe not totally being monogamous, it's kind of like, I'm stopping you. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I don't think that everyone is interested in That's being true. monogamous. That's fair. It is your turn. Uh, I just want to point out the Department of Mysteries name drop here we get. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to go on record to say that it is my favorite ministry department. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, this is this is what I want to work at. It seems potentially the least problematic and the most interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it just made me think about that episode, that early episode of Buffy where they're like, trying the fbi or something is trying to recruit willow and oz and also like maybe marcy oh yeah the girl who went invisible yeah they like i think it's like the career day one where they're like we like you tested really well whatever we like want to i feel like the department of mysteries comes in like poaches like ravenclaw kids who after their newts (laughs) like come with us yeah exactly yeah i know i feel kind of i also kind of feel like i don't know if luna didn't just want to hang out with like animals and like be in nature i think that she would be also i think pretty good with that considering Mm. how what an out-of-the-box thinker she is that's true out of the box but also not heavy on the like critical reasoning which is not the best quality for science but maybe in the magical world it's okay yeah Oh, I just want to say I want to give my condolences to the, everyone else on the Bulgarian Quidditch team who no one cares about at all. I know, it's it's real rough. You know, there's like the one tent where like whoever their like keeper's mom has like put up a poster of them. Yeah. <laughs> must feel terrible to be on that team you walk through the bulgarian section and it's just your fucking seeker you're like i hate that guy <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like i don't know enough about sports to like accurately gauge what the other players on the team of say for instance whatever team lebron james plays on it's like do you feel is it awkward when when people think of whatever team that is, they think of LeBron, and hmm. you're like, I'm good too. I'm actually on this team. <laughs> so. Interesting. I've never thought about that. That's totally true that this happens in real life. Although I feel like at least in real life, you don't walk into a space celebrating your team and it's 
just, you know, pictures of LeBron James and nothing that's just a sports team logo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sports. That's my only sports thing I think that I have to say about this. I actually, I thought I would have a sports thing. I don't have a sports thing. I don't either. So, another weirdly specific and funny witching world logistics thing is uh, Ludo talking about the people who have also made bets with him. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the one of the people who made a bet with him has an eel farm <laughs> which are is there a lot of particular uses of eel in the witching world that you would have a whole farm uh i am just i'm like this, this is the only instance of farming we get and it's an eel farm <laughs> That's why I didn't even, I was just like, "Mm mm-hmm, an eel farm, reading along. Um, I mean, eel sounds like a good potions ingredient. People eat eel. Yeah, eel is, I've only had eel and sushi, but it is very tasty. Mmm, sushi. I know, it sounds really good. It's one of the things I haven't had since before the pandemic, because takeout sushi is not always that great. Yeah. Oh, it looks like eel farming is a thing in the UK. The like third thing that comes up is an article titled Inside the Takedown of Europe's Multi-Billion Pound Eel Mafia. <laughs> Gonna what? save that one for later. <laughs> Very excited about that. Oh gosh, that's amazing. Anyway, shout out to that poor eel farmer who got fleeced yep. by this frat boy con artist yeah that leads super well into my last front page thing which is fucking ludo bagman (laughs) i actually actually appreciate a lot about ludo bagman but also he's just so terrible (laughs) just the fact that like everyone is running around like so stressed out and he's like yeah i'm done not much for me to do let me just like chill out drink tea with my buds like whatever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not at all try to be incognito in the slightest. Um, just walking around, ripping people off, including, in this instance of Fred and George, literal children. That's true. Literally stealing money from children. I just want to point that out. Is it stealing if he assumes that he'll have the money to pay them back? I mean, he doesn't think they're going to win. Yeah, because he gives them leprechaun gold. Right. And then never pays them back. Right. But I, he's he thinks that they aren't going to win and so that their money is going to be his forever. That's fair. But... I don't really know how betting works. I've been realizing, I don't know what these like stakes and odds and whatever means at all. So I'm very bad with math, so I also cannot totally explain it. But as someone who has a moderate interest in horse racing, it sounds like whatever the twins bet. I mean, I guess I don't remember if they get into the odds, but like. So the twins winning means that they get back their original money plus that much money again. Is that how that? Well, so it depends. So it depends if. Okay. So if Bulgaria was the was what everyone is it what everyone thought 
was going to win, the odds were lower. So it would have been a lower payout. Like it would have been like maybe double the amount or something or triple the amount of their initial bet if Bulgaria was like favored to win because that's the, that's the bet that so many people would be betting on. So, and since your winnings come out of the general pot of who's betting, is a lower payout. But if you have a bet that seems less likely to happen, then you get a higher payout because less people are betting for that specific odd to win. Okay. And maybe it was the fact that they bet, they bet on Ireland to win, but for Crumb to get the snitch, that is why they thought they'd be getting more money because at least i know in like horse racing you can bet on who wins right you can also bet on who's gonna who's gonna be first second and third Mm -hmm. so if like who catches the snitch is its own separate bet with its own separate odds Mm -hmm. then then they could have gotten much more money on crumb getting on like betting on crumb getting the snitch if the odds were if the odds were or for island to get the snitch and not for Bulgaria. Yeah, this is... I mean, again, uh, I'm not good at math. I only have the vaguest idea of how betting works and how this would work. But I think it sounds like maybe wh- whatever the twins bet on was good enough for them to have, like, maybe made more than double the amount. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think that's that's what make Right. And we probably shouldn't talk about this forever. I just was confused because it's like not everyone is betting on like the same thing, like Bulgaria versus Ireland. It's like a week-long match. Crumb gets the snitch. And I'm like, how, who, and how does the calculation of like who gets what money in this yeah. work out? And I don't get it. But I've also never bet on anything. There, so. It sounds like there'd be different calculations for how long the game lasts, who catches the snitch, and who actually wins. And they're all leaving it to Ludo fucking Bagman to do those calculations because that seems silly. Yeah. Yeah, nothing really says a trustworthy bookie than (laughs) just literally one dude. Right. I mean, if it was Crouch, I'd be like, yeah, you're keeping tabs. But Yeah, if it was Crouch, he'd be keeping all of the tabs and would be writing it down and you would know exactly what's happening. Yep. So, right. so the things that I do appreciate about Ludo Bagman, though, I appreciate him validating the twins and their fake magic wand and being like, this is worth a lot of money. This is really good magic. And I'm like, fucking finally, someone. Thank you. I do really appreciate that. I also love that he exhibits really great self-control in his reaction to learning that he's in the presence of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Which is so nice, especially because last time someone learned who Harry was, it was last chapter, and it was Cedric's dad, and it sucked. So Ludo's like, whew, Harry, and then he's just moving on. And I was like, thank you, Ludo Bagman. Which, it has to be that if Ludo Bagman used to be a famous athlete, then Mm. he's used to meeting other famous people. Mm -hmm. But it's still nice. Yeah. For him to not make a big deal of it. Yeah. Um, and that is actually the end of my front page. I so I only have one more thing. That omnoculars um, sound fucking cool and I want a pair. Yep. They sound really great. And useful beyond just sporting events. I know, I was about to say they make birding so much more fun. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like I could get into birding if I had some, um, neoculars. Yeah. Welcome to the style section, where we talk about fashion. I have a list of the things that we see people wearing, and I have some thoughts from listeners that have been emailed and otherwise sent to us about all of this, because we've talked about it a bit before. Mm -hmm. Where shall we start? Uh, We could go in order, because I have also a list of everyone's outfit as we get through the chapter all right yeah kick us off all right uh so the first two ministry folks that we see are checking out people who are showing up once everyone port keys to where they're going and first person is wearing a tweed suit and what is it thigh high galoshes yeah which i think we just call waiters right yeah that's what i put in my notes yeah they're going to go fly fishing in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, it is. I honestly think it would is not that unusual of a look. And then the other person there, Basil, who is wearing a kilt and a poncho. Yep. Which is also a little bit more Burning Man run fair, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we have... Someone in plus fours, which are just golf pants. I don't know why Harry... Maybe they're referred to more frequently as plus fours in the UK than they are here. Yeah, when I looked up on Wikipedia, it was like, they're like knickerbockers, but longer. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, at first I was like, why would Harry know this? And I was like, Uncle Vernon plays golf. He would definitely know what golf pants look like. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe Uncle Vernon would refer to them as being plus fours. Which also not a weird thing to wear in the woods necessarily. No, unless they're just wearing the plus fours, which is also because <laughs> that's the only part of the outfit. <laughs> Head cannon accepted. <laughs> um, and then of course we have Barty fucking Crouch in his three piece suit. Which is the silliest of all of the things that anyone is wearing in the woods today. Like, s- severe part He's looking just like, like a Mr. Bank. Banks in Mary Poppins. Yeah. With his toothbrush mustache. Yeah. And the fu- I, th- I think the funniest thing is that Barty Crouch is the one that Harry's like, yeah, no one would guess that he's not a muggle. And it's like, really? When is the last time you saw a muggle in a three-piece suit in the woods and it wasn't (laughs) queers doing, like, a pop-up, like, fucking Prohibition-era party? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Harry. Yeah. If you're not going to a hipster wedding, you're not seeing someone in a three-piece suit in the woods. Or you just assume it's the government coming to give you a ticket or to like do something equally annoying and frustrating yeah but when the government comes to give you a ticket in the woods they're wearing khaki and like a belt and a hat and it says ranger on it they have special woods governments to come give you tickets okay so let's talk about these listener things 
First, we're going to talk about something that I am paraphrasing from memory that we got on Instagram, either as a comment or in our DMs. And I want this to be a public service announcement to email me things like this because I cannot search for things on Instagram messages. And so your wonderful headcanons are lost forever. And I will never, ever be able to find them by just typing Arthur into the search bar. (laughs) So, um, but it was basically saying that Arthur kind of treats muggles like he's an anthropologist or something like he's not really thinking about them in a sort of full context he's thinking kind of like what you were saying earlier actually about like reading about it in a book that was written by a witch right and so this is in response to us being like why like why why do they look so silly they like live in muggle society why can't they figure out how to just like dress like a muggle it's not hard And this person was responding specifically to our questioning of like why Arthur would be bad at this because he deals with muggles every day in his work and was basically like, he is basically like, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like exoticizing muggles and so not Mm. really seeing them. He's like seeing them through a lens of like differentness. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Which I thought was a really good point. That is an excellent point. And yeah, kind of like, I guess a little bit like when you see white people on Cinco de Mayo put on sombreros. And if you're a person like me and you're like, what, what are you, what are you doing? That's not like, None of these are connecting with what this, like, what are you, are you just cherry picking things right? to be like general Mexican quote unquote feel as opposed to the very multiple diverse traditions and like fashions of the entire country of Mexico. Uh, You're just kind of like sombreros and ponchos and blankets. And the Speedy Gonzalez mustache. And you're like, ooh. Right. Yeah, like like they're dressing up as like a prepackaged Halloween costume of a muggle as opposed to how muggles actually dress. Yeah. And then we have this email from Ash, which is greatly uh, abbreviated, but I love this. Ash said... I think the idea of which is struggling with muggle closing is an interesting idea. It was just unfortunately poorly executed. I think you're right that witches shouldn't struggle with it as much as depicted, but it could have been interesting to show how much they miss the nuances. Imagine a situation where people are tying ties incorrectly, wearing hats backwards, wearing inappropriate footwear for camping, mixing formal and informal pieces, etc. Just little things that would make you go, huh, it's not quite right, but I'm not sure why. Mind, no, mind blown. So, so true. Because, yeah, there is so much nuance in muggle clothing that, I mean, is constantly being played with and thought about. And even, even, the, even the difference between, right, what color shoes you're wearing with the rest of your outfit is enough to be like, huh. What's, yeah. what's going on there? 
I love the idea of all these witches being out here looking like toddlers who dress themselves. You know? Yeah. And instead we get unnecessary gender po- <laughs> gender police. We sure do. <laughs> Which shouldn't be a surprise because that scoundrel JKR. Just hashtag let Archie live. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Is that a, uh, in that, and on that note, let's move on to politics. Segment. Sure is. Cool. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. I think this is the possible only time there is a talk about gender clothing specifically in the witching world because Mm -hmm. everyone wears robes. So there really isn't a discussion about robes for boys versus robes for girls, quote unquote, because... Everyone's just wearing a dress. So it's just weird and unfortunate that we get this here when Archie is essentially just wearing a robe and right. Let 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 him live. Like it, pinstripes pinstripe pants in the woods is actually gonna look way more weird. <laughs> way more weird. I mean sorry, not more weird, but just it's gonna stand out more than Yeah, more out of place. I don't think anyone heard you say that in an insulting way. Yeah. Uh, Then an old dude in a flowery nightgown. Yeah. It's bizarre. Except not really because. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It is, I mean, there is some sort of irony in the fact that she, like, created this world where, like, there is no gendered clothing. And then was like, but I need to make it clear that if there was gendered clothing, everyone would be really upset about it. Just so you all know. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, there would be gender policing if there were gendered clothing. And it's like, cool, I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) So we get a lot of obliviating in this chapter. Um... There's just no reason for this man to be here at all. So, like, even though it's always fucked up to obliviate people, it's, like, extra fucked up because it's, like, why didn't you just send him away? Even if you wanted to use his campground, just send him away. He doesn't need to be here. What are you doing? Especially not be here and getting obliviated ten... Ten times a day to, quote-unquote, keep him happy. At least. Because this dude is... Looking out of his window and being like, why is there a tent castle with peacocks? Why is there, why is this fire purple? Why is there a dude in black and yellow striped robes? Just walking around? Like, I had this a little bit later, but the security of this situation is fucked up where it's like, LOL, no magic allowed. It's like, no, y'all should have really been enforcing this. Like, the fuck? No, they don't need to enforce the no magic thing. They need to send Mr. Roberts away. There would yeah. be zero muggles and they could do all the fucking magic they wanted. Yeah. It's so silly. They're trying to hide it from one dude? Is that their objective here is to hide the magic from this one person? I mean, I guess his family is there too. We'll yeah. later, but still. It's like one family. 
It's like there was a much easier way than attempting to control 100,000 people to protect four. You could have sent four people away and let 100,000 people chill the fuck out. Yeah, for real. (sighs) Yeah, don't do memory charms on people. What do you have next? Yeah, I guess I just do feel frustrated that... Right, so they're like obliviating him all this time. And... Right, they're not... I just wish it either was, we're taking the security of this seriously so we don't have to fry this dude's brains 20 more million times in the next however long this Quidditch match might last, which seems like, of course, a gross oversight. Or actually be on top of, okay, but for real, y'all, keep the magic on the down. <laughs> Right. It's like pick one of these things as opposed to scrambling some dude's brains with magic. Yeah. Constantly. Constantly. And it's like no one's even trying to pretend to be like, we're just regular muggles on a all camping here for no particular reason. Like, make up a festival. Have it be a music festival and he could be like, Oh, it's a bunch of weirdos, but they're having a music festival, so Exactly. So easy. <laughs> These goddamn witches, I swear to God. Yeah, they really need some muggle-born folks up in the ministry to be like, actually, I have a better idea how to make this incognito. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do you want to talk about these uh, African wizards? <sighs> yes. I do. That sigh was really good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have that and then another, like, racist thing that I want to talk about. So, yes, let's start off with the quote-unquote African wizards that Harry is just clocking because they're black. There are black people everywhere around the globe. These, (laughs) these, which, these witches could be from literally anywhere. These people, these witches could be from London and they're just like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to eat this rabbit that I just caught and hang out. It sounds great. Yeah, they're like, wit- muggles cook their food over a fire when they're camping. I've seen them at it, for instance. Right. <laughs> <They're> just... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, it's like so many levels are fucked up because it's like, yes, Harry is just like making assumptions willy nilly. And then also just the way that J.K. Rowling decided to write this is just so... Just bizarrely, like, not just so stereotypical and, like, why? Yeah. But that is kind of everyone that we're seeing at the, at this, look at all these international witches. Because guess what? There is no way the uh, Salem witches would be Lily chilling under a star-spangled banner. Uh, what? <laughs> what is going on? Why? <laughs> I know that the U.S. is big upon some nationalism. I do. I I live here. But what? <laughs> Yet another thing that I just like, nothing. Just like nothing whatsoever. I was like, it has stars on it. And like the whole, the the phrase the star spangled banner just like did not register if it makes if it makes you feel any better uh i only am bringing it up now because of the 
ladies of which please bring it up in their episode talking about nationalism okay <laughs> especially in this book and i'm like wow that is so cr- i didn't even realize that either and also lol no <laughs> It's also really funny because, like, literally yesterday I remembered, remembered, realized for whatever reason that I don't know the words to the national anthem. And so I'm like, you saying that now and me being like, I didn't even realize it. I'm like, I don't know the words to that song, so I'm not sure why I would realize it. Uh, I mean, you're not missing much. <laughs> I, I don't think I am. But... Do you, so you had texted me that you wanted to talk about that, like what Witch Please got into with that. Do you want to do that? And then we have a lot of overlap listeners between our podcast and Witch Please, as there should be, because Witch Please is an excellent podcast. But they have a recent episode about nationalism, especially as it comes up in this book. Uh, They go obviously much more in depth and like theoretical with basically why would there be nationalism in this series anyway? Because witches, why would you have nation state alliances when the witching world is removed from the muggle world so much? And it just kind of doesn't make any sense because nations are made up. Boundaries are invisible. It's all, I mean, they obviously have real world consequences but are still arbitrary, mm-hmm. um, essentially. So if you want to get more into that kind of stuff, definitely listen to that Witch Please episode, which you should probably know what the episode is called. But I'll link it. Um, and so what I really want to get into is that I think this is a reflection of actual scoundrel JKR's intense racism and nationalism sewing up. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it does it. If you think about it for like more than like 30 seconds, you're like, I mean, yeah, they have a ministry of magic, but it's not like you're bound by it's like this. Like, why would you have it reflect the geopolitical boundaries of the Muggle UK? And especially the kind of it's weird considering the sort of geopolitical history of England and Wales and Ireland that is complex and fraught. And why, like, why would the witching world even conform to that? It is, it doesn't actually make any sense, and is a weird way for even them to sort of, you know, group themselves. Both, literally, in this chapter, where it's like the sailor witches are hanging out under a spark, star spangled banner, and all of the Irish. Uh, witches are all in one area, and it's just green because everyone has cover their tents in shamrocks and it's like what yeah (laughs) why (laughs) besides jkr is not a good enough thinker slash writer to have envisioned something else besides recreating an imperialist governmental structure yeah no that's such a good point and and i do get that this is under the guise of a like sporting event and for international listeners, the U.S. gives basically zero fucks about the the football World Cup, even though the women's team did 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 do really well a couple of years ago. I did watch that, um, but I know that obviously everywhere else in the world, this is a serious deal. It's and so yeah, and obviously a lot of people have a lot of both 
national pride around their teams making it in the World Cup. But even but when it's down to like two, the last two teams, people are picking sides, whatever you know, however they want yeah. to do that. So it makes sense to have. I mean, that makes sense, but it's it it does feel logical to have the like Quidditch World Cup sort of mirror the Muggle World Cup in that regard, but. It is still pretty weird if you're thinking that this is still, even from around the world, 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, think of how many people go to the Olympics or, or are participating in the Olympics and like people who are like invested in it. Like that's like so many times more the amount. Yeah. So. I feel like 100,000 people is how many people go to like Lollapalooza, which, you know, is a big, it's a real big event, but it's like not that big comparative yeah. yeah and if we're thinking that like globally the like witching population is probably less than a million people <laughs> right then uh, i saw one of the tweets on the witch um for which place for this episode someone's like why would luxembourg have a team luxembourg is already really small and their witching population is probably much smaller <laughs> yeah you know and so like so many things of JKR's world building, like once you think about it, you're kind of like, yeah, like how many Irish riches are there <laughs> considering, you know, the sort of population of Ireland and the much smaller population of like Irish witches? I have so much that I wish that we could get into, like explore about whether places with like deeper long like longer lasting later colonized spaces with magic ties would have like denser witch populations like would places that were colonized by rome really early on have less witches today than places that were colonized later or places that were like holdouts right which i feel like ireland held on to their cultural roots even post-colonization more than like mainland uk did Mm -hmm. and so like would there be a denser witch population in ireland than in england because of that because they like held on to their magic like the actual real world magic that existed there pre-christianity yeah i just want to know i just want to know (laughs) i think that i think that's excellent idea that we should definitely put in our ever-growing list of things we should do when we write our fantasy series Mm -hmm. hell yeah um but which i don't think jkr is good enough to have crafted hell no it's it's all all very it's all very hand 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 wavy but Yeah. yeah and i guess maybe one last thing is also just like weird slash funny considering that you have an institution like hogwarts that essentially predates the like nations that we have currently right it's kind of like how did that play out like really in the witching world because it seems like you would not be super invested in what muggle politics were doing did they have to like close the ireland magic school and like reroute all their kids to hogwarts which definitely seems like a thing you could conceivably start a war if not a rebellion over yeah exactly (laughs) that's wild maybe this way maybe this was only one irish kid 
but it seems real sus. There's probably more. Yeah. I hope. And like, where are the Welsh Cormac kids? Cormac McLaggen? Is that, that sounds Irish. That's true. Yeah. But like, where are the Welsh kids? Where are the Welsh kids? <laughs> so sus. They're all at Wofford. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. I have one more point, which is what also feels racist is the conversation about flying carpets. Yeah. Which partly because number one, this once again, JKR and her naming choices of, you know, clocking it as a like, oh, it's a Middle Eastern person trying to sell carpets. And I'm like, wow, could you have broken out an even more racist stereotype? And then the bit where like Ludo is like, but they would never replace brooms in England as if the British witch's national identity is somehow tied up to broom riding, which <laughs> makes sense. I mean, a lot of the U.S. a lot of the U.S. culture is car culture, which is fucking the worst and is I hate every day. So I do get the like riding our brooms makes us. British witches, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the whole thing just feels like very like, how dare these foreigners come in here with their unsafe products to bring here? Even though I'm, I'm personally a like, uh, a flying carpet sounds awesome and way cooler than literally any other from interpretation that we encounter in these books. Yeah, exactly. Also, apparently they used to be legal, which is something that I want to dig more into. Because, like, why did they outlaw them? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I feel like my two initial thoughts are some racist bullshit reason. Like, we're not going to import flying carpets from Iran anymore because XYZ xenophobic bullshit. Mm -hmm. Or... Big Broom is suppressing <laughs> the sales of flying carpets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh man. Yeah. They fucking, they fucking need to legalize flying carpets. I have so many feelings about this. I feel like I've brought this up at least like 15 times previous to this because I just have so many feelings about it. I'm like, I want to talk about this thing from chapter seven of book four now because I'm so mad about it. Crouch said his grandfather had one that seats 12 people. Right? The only other transportation we see able to seat 12 people is the night bus, which is terrifying. Yes. Yes, exactly. Or as we see in this chapter, everyone using a port key, which is highly regulated. So... How are you supposed to transport your family? Via broom? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, and I know that I just feel like, as a fat person, I'm like, riding a broom in your fat sounds fucking terrible. Riding a broom, period, <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> Why don't they have just bike seats or seats of some kind? It, it does sound... It sounds like you're riding a very narrow bike seat, which is very uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. No. I similar to my feelings about camping. I like my I have a very nice, very light bike, but I have like a heavy padded wide bike seat on my bike because I'm like, why would I choose to be uncomfortable when there's another option? 
Choose yeah. comfort, everyone. Yeah, I have a very narrow bike seat. I need, I've been mean to replace for the past two years because it's far too narrow to be legitimately comfortable. Get a <laughs> wide pelvis specific bike seat that has like the seat where your hip bones actually are. It's fucking game changing. Yeah, I want to get one of the fancy Brooks ones that's like leather that are like a hundred dollars because I'm yeah. like it looks cool and I'm like. Evan has one of those. It's like, what is the point of me working myself into an emotional breakdown if I can't afford a fa- like fancy things <laughs> like a leather bike seat? Yeah, absolutely. Just make sure you get the quote unquote female specific one. Cause... Yeah, I know. There's there, there's a there's a good bike shop near me that if I go in there, I'm like, I need this. They're not going to be fucking weird bros about so yeah nice i should do that soon you should you should you should be comfortable on your bike (laughs) i know uh okay all right so um welcome to advertisements where we ask you for money and then make you laugh um there are five essential nutrients every human soul needs to survive, and they are humor, ruthlessness, queerness, puns, and validation. <laughs> Hashtag Ruthless Productions is fortified with all five of these nutrients to leave you feeling your absolute best. And while there is so much from Hashtag Ruthless Productions for you to enjoy for free, you can also contribute to keep our work going in several ways, including rating and reviewing us on iTunes, buying our merch, making a one-time donation, and for those who might be nutrient deficient and TBH, aren't we all, joining our Patreon, where you can get things like early release extended cut episodes of this podcast, episodes of our Buffy podcast, We Are the Gayers, access to our Discord server, and so much more. So get yourself a hearty serving of Hashtag Ruthless Productions today. Your soul will thank you. I love it. Cute. All right. And now. When you have kids, getting from place to place isn't easy. Brooms are terribly dangerous. Port keys are too complicated to arrange. And flu powder isn't reliable. How many of us have lost a toddler in some unknown (laughs) fireplace? (laughs) The problem of transportation leaves many parents of youngsters feeling trapped in their own homes unable to grab a meal with friends, take a visit to the zoo, or even run to the store. But those days are over. Introducing Ali's Flying Fabric, a safe, reliable, and totally legal alternative to flying carpets, incorporating all the luxury and convenience of a carpet, but without the ban. Ali's Flying Fabric is a charmed rectangular woven textile specifically made for the purpose of flying, available in a range of sizes that can seat anywhere from 2 to 12 people. Parents rejoice. With Ali's flying fabric, the sky's the limit. Flying fabric is not for use by muggles. Any resemblance to a carpet, rug, tapestry, or other fiber-based object is purely coincidental. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff. I feel like unless Arthur has math dyslexia that is very bewildering that he cannot figure out the currency i agree like does he 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 confuses a five with a 20 is that what it is Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's just it's just so it's so confusing it feels i mean i it's been a while but i think that we talked about this a while ago of the sort of like she went too hard for the gag and like missed the sort of like rooting in 
the reality of the character that's necessary for the gag to really be pulled off. Yeah. Yeah, and you could have gone with a gag of Arthur just giving him too much money and being like, oh, it's just paper. It's not worth anything. (laughs) Yeah, or like pulling it out and like, you know, the paper like flying everywhere because he's like not used to money that isn't super heavy or any. There's so many other options. Yeah. Um, That actually is like pretty connected to my first editorial which I've been holding on to because I knew that the right time was coming and this is the right time. Nothing about the way that the witch-muggle divide works in this world makes any sense in a world with muggle-borns and half-bloods in it. If this was a world where, like, the magic was fully the full separation, like, they had nothing to do with the muggle world, they lived in, like, essentially Halloween town for anyone who's watched that wonderful Disney movie where you go through a bubble, you're in a portal. It's a completely different space. You have no contact with the muggle world. This makes sense. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No, it really does not. And it's really, there is a lot of world building gaps. uh, And this is definitely one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Because, right, it feels like, okay, so there are just no muggle-born or, like, half-blood muggle adults who are working for the ministry to help ease this process? It's just, everyone's just fumbling, fumbling the ball here? Yeah. I mean, and it's not just this. It's it's throughout the whole series of, like, they don't know how muggles dress. They don't know how muggles, like, whatever. I mean, it's, like, fine to not know how their money works, I guess, but realistically like witches in this world they would shop in muggle stores even pure blood witches because they're so entrenched in muggle society yeah and it's so frustrating for me because right molly clearly isn't growing all of her own food and we've never gotten a sense of uh witching farmer's market or a grocery store or like food delivery or like anything that would have made sense to be like, where does your food come from? Mm-hmm. And it's, you're, you're bought, you're acquiring it from muggles. And like we've mentioned, I think ages ago, your kids have muggle gym shoes and right. <laughs> muggle clothing. Where does this cut? Like, and I mean, we get, we get like a bit where Fred and George are going down to the muggle village to like flirt with girls and go to the shop. Like they know how to use muggle money. Yeah. And, blend in as it were with muggles so right so interactions like this happening in this chapter just logistically for the world she's created doesn't fucking make any sense yeah and i get that it would be sad to have to give it up even though it would be totally possible to give it up and just make harry like simon snow the only normal that has ever come into the witching world you know you could totally do that then you just don't get to have all of this Or you get to have all of this fun, but then you lose sort of the overarching plot of the whole thing. Kind of. You could still have Voldemort be like, wizard supremacy, I'm going to kill all the muggles and not have there be the whole mudblood thing. But Well, yeah. I mean, or or what you could do is you could bump up the political aspect of how much the witching world shuts out muggle and half muggle kids. Mm. Where it's like, oh, yeah, it's a problem that there are no muggle born people who work at the ministry. Like, it's a really serious problem about the, like, 
like making the bigotry between pure blood witches and not pure blood witches like more stark would make something like this make more sense but you'd have to put like a more realistic darker edge to like everything that's happening because that's still kind of the overarching sort of one of the overarching threads is Voldemort's you know hypocritical genocidal stance on muggle blood on on muggle born kids and like half witching kids um and then if you just took it two steps into a realistic dare I say slightly more gritty you know direction it'd be like oh yeah witching society is just like fuck you guys essentially and i mean isn't that what we have hermione for too is like to call attention to things like this i think it would be so almost easy to have her be like do do you realize that like not a single muggle-born works for the ministry or do you realize that muggle-borns almost all end up working in in muggle jobs because you know, they can't get jobs in, in witching society, you know, like it doesn't right. even have to be something that you like lean that hard into necessarily, as right. long as you use it to like build a world that makes sense. Right. Or even for her to point out, it's like, wow, it seems like all of our professors are pure blood witches, except for Snape, who is a whole different can of why you shouldn't be a teacher. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think from I think we know of the teachers like pretty accurate. No, McGonagall's a half blood. Okay. Her dad was a preacher or something, but this is post canon, so like whatever. <laughs> so it's not actually canon. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. yeah. So but like it never comes up in a way right. that it feel like it should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And yeah. I assume that Charity Burbage is a muggle born. Although I guess she could just be a quote unquote blood trader for teaching about muggle studies. Yeah. But it also wouldn't surprise me if she was muggle born or like a half a half witch. Um yeah, yeah, again, it would like it would it would take minor tweaks to like even the whole narrative to make it like oh yeah, weird that there isn't actually any kind there's like a an a noticeable uh inequity between muggle born like anyone that has like muggle in there heritage of people who do not so yeah it's also just like i i mean i feel like the way that this is written it's like people come into the witching world and they're like fuck everything having to do with muggles bye forever because harry's like oh mr roberts is clearly the only actual muggle for miles and it's like but all of the muggle-borns who are there and like probably let's be real witches married to muggles are bringing their muggle spouses to the fucking Quidditch World Cup. So there are other actual muggles there. Witches married to muggles know how to dress like muggles. Like all, that's a huge group of people that would very, very clearly know what to wear to go camping. Right. Mr. Roberts wouldn't stand out the way that it makes it sound like. So she just like writes this world. It's like she writes it from the standpoint of everyone is a pureblood in terms of scene building, world building, everything. And then she's like, no, 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 no. There's tons of muggle boards and like half-bloods here. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And actually that you bring up an excellent point is that, so not only are witches who are married to muggles bringing their spouses, but those are witches that know how to integrate themselves into muggle society enough to date and work and Hopefully not everyone is like Seamus's mom being like, surprise! 
guys. I'm a witch. <laughs> um, so there are clearly also witches who are, you know, invested in being in the muggle world and not standing out so much. Right. It's really frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just another example of how, like, you scratch the surface a little bit and these books are just not very well written. And part of why the Harry Potter fandom is so rich is being able to fill in these giant, like, Grand Canyon sized <laughs> holes in the, in the world building. Right. Cause yeah, I mean, I've seen so many fanfic writers who like take the sort of ragged edges of Canon and you're like, I'm just going to fill this in. And you're like, great, this, why isn't this canon? Why aren't right. you getting a book deal to just write an extended universe Harry Potter book? Yes, exactly. Yes, what's your next rant? Just uh, Harry, uh, uncurious as ever, being like, oh yeah, I guess there would be witches in other parts of the world and other <laughs> witching schools. And part of this is JKR's lack of curiosity about the wider world. But Harry, my dude, what? You're you're 14. You're 14 years old. It's so funny. I I totally I was like, I swear to God, when I was in preschool, there was never a moment that I was like, every child in the world goes to the same preschool as me. <laughs> I can't. I, oh my god. And his disdain for Hermione not being surprised. He's so rude about it. He's like, she probably read it in some book or something. How dare she know things and read to educate herself? She thinks she's so great. Actually, yes, she does, and she is. Fuck you, Harry. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> also, just like the. F- he, like, that means that he thought that every witch in the world was British because all the kids he goes to school with are British. You would think that, like, there would be more kids with different accents at the very least if he was legitimately thinking that they all went to Hogwarts. Which, again, considering how diverse the UK is, there should definitely be a bunch of kids at Hogwarts that have a bunch That's of true. That's true. Or anyone else being like, yeah, like, my mom wanted me to go to Bobaton, but I was, like, too girly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Too French. It was too French with their theologists are wearing silk and eating croissants and whatever weird rivalry between England and France there is. I don't I don't pretend to know much about it, but I don't just being snooty uh, but what's Yeah. yeah. Their carved ice sculptures that never melt and whatever, whatever. It does sound <laughs> like too much to be to be fully honest, but Baton sounds like too much. Oh my god. I'm just like, does it just look like parts of Versailles? Because that's kind of how it's all <laughs> It's probably actually in Versailles, but like <laughs> hidden. Oh man. Probably was a very strange time if you were a French witch going to Bobata during the French Revolution. You're like, are you guys fucking kidding me? Do you see what's happening? <laughs> uh. 
like to explore with you the fact that Seamus's mom is the only woman that we see besides, I guess, the the American witch women. There are no women ministry workers, no one else's moms, no wizards that are, you know, noted sitting around doing whatever. I guess we see a mom come out and yell at her kid with a slug. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. It's very, like, Molly is at home because, like, women don't go to the Quidditch World Cup is the vibe that I'm getting here. Which is so bizarre yeah. and ridiculous. And, oh, JKR, your misogyny is showing. Because <laughs> it turns out, actually, women do like sports. I, it just, and I think it makes me so confused because, like, Sports culture in the UK, from what I understand from, like, British media, is much more, like, equal than here. I feel like here it's sort of, like, pockets. And, like, from what I've seen in British media, it is sort of, like, everyone is really into soccer, football. You know, if Doctor Who is giving me an accurate representation, it's, like, Jackie definitely would have been at the Quidditch World Cup. Like, you couldn't have kept her away, even if she didn't have a ticket. So I'm like, what's happening? Like, why? Why? There is no reason. Because this feels American. I think I'm realizing is what I'm getting to. This feels very American, where it's like, the woman is, like, making, you know, dips and getting Doritos out and, like, bringing them to the men who are watching the football and, like, She's wearing a jersey, but just because she's supposed to and not because she cares about watching football. And it's just like, but J.K. Rowling's not American, so I don't understand what's happening. It is. It really It really is very, very bewildering. Right. That, yeah, like we don't, yeah, that we see so few women in this scene. Because, right, you're right. There would be some, a lot of, like, rabid lady fans and also so many dykes are gonna be like (laughs) we are here for the camping and the sports yep still hanging up their hollyhead harpies posters even though they're not playing they're not playing but they are still wearing their hollyhead harpy scarves (laughs) yeah also just the fact that none of the ministry employees are women is like so weird really weird and bothersome and i think part of it is i don't know it doesn't make any sense because you could still have the gag of the ministry employees still being off about their outfits you know yeah totally so it doesn't make sense that all of them are dudes no i mean i i i all of when we see people working in the ministry all of the women feel like afterthoughts or they're like these, you know, sexless ass kissing, whatever, like umbrage. Right. Yeah. We have Mafalda Hopkirk who we get just because apparently Hermione can't polyjuice into a man, even though she turns into Harry, but whatever we have. Amelia Bones. We have Tonks. Yeah, Amelia Bones, right, who's clearly a lesbian. Dolores Umbridge, who's, like, fully de-sexed entirely. Like, Mm. everything about her is wrong, and, like, no one would ever want her in a sexual manner. 
we have Tonks, who, I mean, is clearly non-binary, but, like, from the standpoint of, like, J.K. Rowling as a woman, and is definitely there because someone was like, why are all of the Aurora's men? And she was like, fuck, better write, better write one that's not, real quick. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. It's like so weird because she's like a working woman and it's like she can't imagine women working. <laughs> it's so fucking bizarre. Yeah, I feel like even the even the people that we just get in passing with Arthur like pointing out like, oh, there are some folks in the ministry are like all dudes. They are. Which is like, did you just imagine that all the ladies are just moms that work moms working from home and like don't have jobs? Yes. Because there's no daycares and no way to get your kid to a daycare, even if there was a daycare. <laughs> I don't know. This world is so broken. Yeah, I guess you're right. God, I, don't you wish that we saw the Ministry of Magic, like, on-site daycare? Because I do. I mean, either that, the witching world is so small and everyone's basically related. There's part of me, like, the one person where it's like... You know, my aunt or my grandma was going to drop the kids off and there's already like eight kids there because it's like everyone's basically related. Yeah. Because like that's what you do when you can't afford daycare is you leave your kids with a family member if you're working and it's like, yep. why does like no one have grandparents <laughs> except for Neville mm, yep. and his grandma. So I wish Molly Weasley had a job. It like, really doesn't make sense that she doesn't have a job. <laughs> No, especially now that Jenny's in school. She's just home alone nine, ten months out of the year. Yeah, as like clearly author's paycheck is not enough to support how many people are living with them at, at, at the time. Percy's still living with them? He's yes. still living at home currently, yeah. That's like seven people. Yeah. And like, again, the idea that like poor moms get to just stay at home and continue to be is also like a misnomer because there are plenty of poor working moms who are working yep you know so i'm just kind of like yeah and the fact that she's not even like i don't know baking bread or selling jam or selling eggs or doing laundry or whatever the heck kind of like small sort of industries that like you know stay-at-home moms do to like make some extra cash it's like the it just seems like she doesn't even have, like, a side hustle. No. Yeah, nothing about this world building makes nope. any sense. Any, any kind of sense. Two thumbs down. Um, <laughs> what do you have next? Um, I mean, the only other thing I have, really, is just, once again, everyone being like, ah, whatever, Bertha. It's just... Okay, but... Yes, and it's so inappropriate for Arthur to be fucking quizzing Ludo about Bertha fucking Jorkins right now. That's I true. Mean, Ludo should be busier than he is currently, but even if he is not going to be tending to that, like, this is not the moment. That is true. Yeah, he's having a good time, taking people's money, probably having a few beers, like... Also, like, who's he going to send to look for her? Everyone is at the Quidditch World Cup right now. Like, this is just... I don't know. I was like, Arthur, that is really rude. I mean, yeah, the whole point of that is just to be like, hey, remember this person. She's going to be important later. Yeah, it is. And again, it's like someone else could have come and been like gossiping with Arthur about Ludo yeah. not looking for Bertha. And then Ludo walks up and they have to be like, shh, stop talking. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that would have made sense for like Crouch to mention that more than for Arthur to ask Ludo. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 
Um, all right. My last thing here is just, um, why do you think that we need to have a girl's tent? There is literally no reason for that. Is there a way that you can, like, verbalize the the body movement that you gave to express your feelings about the girl's tent? Just JKR once again being the fucking worst. Like, again, like, why? Ginny and Hermione have been staying at the burrow, and it's like, you could have just gotten a five-person tent, or, what, like, a five-room tent. Like, right, why does... What is what does anyone think is gonna happen? That's the question. And like I'm like there just has to be a way that you can like divvy up the sleeping arrangements. Like if you're worried for some reason that like Harry and Ron and Hermione or some configuration thereof are gonna have sex with each other if they're in a tent together, there's gotta be a way that you can like divide these people up so that you have like a comfortable number of people per tent. But, like, everyone's crammed into the boys' tent, and then they, the Jenny and Hermione have this, like, luxurious fucking tent all to themselves because everyone's scared of them sleeping in a room. Or, like, not, there's doors. So, like, a house with boys. I don't get it. This is silly. This is so silly. I can't even. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. bunk beds. Like, why not just put... Like, give the tent with, like, all the space to, like, Bill and Percy and Charlie, who don't need to be tended, and then put Hermione and Ginny with Ron and Harry and Arthur, where Arthur can keep an eye on all of the underage people and make sure they're not up to any shenanigans. Right. Which would make the most sense. Yeah. Like, Ginny and Hermione tent by themselves. They could just be doing all of the underage drinking and drug use at this, like, wild party. They could be having sex with each other. They could be. But no one ever thinks about that when they're like, all right, we're going to separate the boys and the girls. And I'm like, LOL, have you really thought this was through? <laughs> uh, the only teenage sex we need to be scared of is the kind that can result in pregnancy. Which again, everyone, well, you have magic, I think. I, again, we never do ever find out about witching birth control, but like, come on, yo. I'm fully convinced that, I mean, real witches had access to birth control before other people did, so... They're fine. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. The Gaily Prophet is a creation of hashtag Ruthless Productions and is produced, mixed, and edited by me. You can find us on the internet, on Instagram, and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet, on our website, hashtag ruthless.com, or on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprophet, where you can watch a rad 90s uh, fantasy movie with us this coming Thursday by joining us and then connecting your Discord to ours. The music in our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. And until next time, legalize flying carpets. <laughs>